the dream that all men are created equal. back to your story. I'm Ian. I'm your host and this is episode 14. Well, it's bubbling along nicely everybody. I've been having a hoot. It's, um, it's getting better and better all the time. I'm learning how to use all the gear that I've bought and slowly getting on top of everything. There's a few things I just want to bounce around before we get into the show. Uh, there's an email link, remember that. You can also place a comment at the end of the post over on the site. The site is yourstorypodcast.com. Over there you can get the iTunes links, the feed links, all that sort of stuff. I would love to hear from you, and this week I've been really lucky. I've actually got an MP3 from uh, a chap that I've met on Twitter. I don't know if you all know about this, but I imagine a lot of you don't. Twitter's a little, uh, what would you call it? Let's see, it's like SMS mixed with blogging. It's 140 character conversation. The best way I like to describe Twitter is it's a bit like stepping into a party where you might have 50 or 100 people and you've got all these little conversations going on and as you walk past them, you can hear a little bit of a conversation. Sometimes the conversation's trivial, sometimes it's profound, sometimes people are arguing, um, all sorts of different things are going on. That's what, it's, that's what Twitter's like and the way I've got it set up is it's basically just this constant feed that's going past and as I glance up at, at, a, at it during the day, I can get a bit of a idea of the conversations it's actually brilliant for getting news uh, when Heath Ledger died basically I've, I found out about it probably within a few minutes of being released because it was mentioned on Twitter and things like that it's where I get most of my news frankly it's uh, quite brilliant anyway I'm on Twitter and uh, this chap from Prague found me Adam Daniel Mazay he found me and basically contacted me and asked me you know eventually realized I was doing a podcast so he asked me to give him the link so I did of course and he uh, listened to the very last episode, uh, the one we had with John, and he sent me back an MP3, uh, which, frankly, I was stoked. It's uh, the first time this has happened, and it was really, really great to hear from a fellow podcaster what he thought of it, and uh, just like to allow everybody out there to have a bit of a listen to what he happened to say. So uh, here's Adam. Oh, my goodness. First podcast, yourstorypodcast.com that I ever listened to. And there's so much material there. Let me just say that it reminds me a lot of the three trips that I took to New Zealand in another life, shooting films just uh, off the coast of Tauranga in Matakana Island. And that was a whole experience in and of itself and becoming very closely aligned to the Modi that were living on that particular marae. And it was a really interesting experience and just listening to 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 John speak about stuff and just the you know the fundamental aspects of aboriginal culture caring sharing respect and all these things that you were sort of prodding him to talk about there's so much there i had to listen to the whole thing i couldn't just do an a la carte 
you know, smorgasbord situation. I had to actually sit there and listen. It's um, it's coming up to 1 a.m. here in Prague. I guess it's um, the 2nd of April. And uh, you're a great host. You're a great host. You, you're an active listener and um, you know how to how to interrupt your guests at the right moment. And I guess something like this, the subject material, it's not meant to be sexed up. It's not meant to be given some short shrift. And you definitely um, will get more of my listens. I'll definitely be listening more to to some of your casts and I'm going to subscribe to the feed. Um, I'm also a podcaster, so I guess we have a lot in common. But... Hand on the heart, brother. You did a good job with this one, and it's great to get to know you, and I'm, I'm glad to be tweeting with you. Um, I know that sounds a bit kinky, but since they invented the term, I'm not being so. And um, so, my friend, it's uh, Adam Daniel Mazet from Prague, www.adamdanielmazet.eu or .com. You pick your choice. And let's stay in touch. I'll be uh, I'll be checking you out in the coming days. Take care. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Adam. Yeah, it was pretty. I was pretty stoked to get that. Um, it's, yeah, it's wonderful to know that people are out there listening. Anyway, on with the show today. Today, uh, a couple of things. Remember, uh, I I get the music from Iodo Promonet. You can uh, get some links over on the website for that. Uh, but yeah, go check them out. Good music. I've had a bit of a rave about them in the past and. Uh, frankly, there is some extraordinarily good music over there. Iodo Promonet, I-O-D-A-P-R-O-M-O-N-E-T. Yes, uh, anyway, the links are over on the site. Go find them and uh, bounce yourself over there. It's pretty cool. Today's show, today's show is uh, about one of my local stores again. Way back on, what was it, probably episode three, we talked with Chrissy who's an author and has uh, written a little book. She works in the store, and the store she works in is uh, The Avid Reader. I've been wanting to get out to you a little bit of a, an idea of the way the industry is moving and changing, so I asked Fiona to uh, come on the show, and she, oh, wonderful, yes, yeah, she agreed. So um, today's story is about Fiona, and what I particularly wanted to ask her about was the way that the industry is moving, particularly in regards to old-fashioned merchants like a traditional high street bookstore and how they're being impacted and then, you know we all know what uh, bookstores are like because they've got to deal with not only the big chain stores so to speak but they also have to deal with the amazons of this world and how that's impacting on them so i particularly want to ask her about that and she gives her opinion on it which will be great for you to hear but i also discovered that um she she actually to- tells a pretty good story about how damn difficult it is to uh run your own little personal uh, small business and frankly the challenges of it we uh we sometimes think that it's all beer and skittles don't we and uh she i think gets the message across quite well that it's really quite hard work and it's a tremendous store it really is uh, you've all got one in your town suburb city wherever you live there's always these small independents and this is one of them I hope you enjoy today's episode and this is fiona It's the 20th of uh, February, 2008, and I'm sitting back in the Avid Reader, my local cool, funky bookstore, and today we've got Fiona here. Fiona owns this, owns this store, and it's, the, reason, the reason I got you on is it's 
well, for many reasons, but it's a cool store. It is not, it's more of the old style, isn't it? It's a high street bookstore. Yeah, it's an, in, we're an independent. Yep. Um, you're not a Borders, you're not, not the big guys. No, no. Uh, and it, our shop not only reflects the people who own it and the people who work here, it reflects our customers and our customers are great. They read really interesting things. They're very early uptakers of new ideas, new technologies. Um, so we reflect that. So when you when you walk into the borders and the big stores, don't you? When you walk into those stores, they stock different to what you stock. We all, yeah. yeah well, we there, all there is some cross. Yeah, isn't we there? we all see the same reps. We all see the same books, but we choose to reflect our customer bases and our demographics. And what's that? Um, ours is local, but now I realise that the avid community is not dictated to by location. That um, people, you know. Out. We've got customers who live in Sierra Leone, Kabul, a customer who comes through regularly. He lives in Sweden. So they drop in here or is well, it mail order? They, they'll often just they'll, they'll do fly in, fly out, so they'll come through on their, way, on their way back. So we've got customers from TI. We've got customers from all around the place. Wow. Hmm. Wow. A guy came to one of our events the other day. He lives in Melbourne. He knows the shop. Um, he... It was a author he wanted to hear, but he wasn't going to go and be in Melbourne, so he came to our event here. Oh, okay. So our customers okay. are kind of global, and yeah, yeah. So why, why are you, why have you got this bookstore? Why? Oh, what, what um, drove you to opening a a high street bookstore rather than? Uh, oh, often it because I had no idea. Often you do the best things without really knowing what you're doing. Have you always wanted a bookstore? Uh, I've what? always been in. A, I've always been a bookseller. I've, yeah, I had I was a, a dropout student. I was involved in community activism. I started working in a second-hand bookshop locally, and then I bought that, bought half my, half a share, and I did that for ten years. Which that was Emma's. So I co-owned Emma's bookshop for ten years. It was a second-hand bookshop yeah, around yeah, Vulture Street, yeah. uh, almost ten years. So I sold my share there. Had six months off and then opened Avid Reader. That was ten years ago. That now. was down the road mm. in the little yeah. store. Wasn't it? Yeah. So for twenty years, that's what I've done. I've wow. only been a bookseller. So were you an eight-year-old who was an avid reader? Oh, like, oh yeah, reading big reader. Did you always dream of? No, 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 no. I had no idea. I started doing an economics degree. I started doing fine arts degree. Um, so it was very eclectic in my interests, but was never very good at handing in assignments on time. Really. <laughs> get too involved in the reading and the researching uh, so I had no idea what I was going to do my mum my wanted me to be a librarian because I, I read hugely yeah. uh, but I knew I didn't want to do that knew I didn't want to do that How at all can you read a book? I, can, I read very quickly I recall very little oh wow because I've heard, heard mention I want you to say how fast can you knock over a paperback novel oh, a book it depends you know something I can read something in a day Sometimes it's in a few hours. Yeah, or, I find it staggering. Yeah, I, I re- remember how I feel a book. I remember the emotions that a book generated, but I'm really poor on plot. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't, you know, some people re- read slower and recall more, which I think is probably a better way to read. Now, you primarily, is, is that who you are, a book person? Oh, yeah. Is that how you identify yourself? Yeah, 
Pretty much You're so. You're a mum and wife as well. Yeah, I do all those things. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's an addiction. Yeah. It's probably one of life's safer addictions. Is it, um, you know how people say, you know, when I grow up, you know, I want to own a bookstore. I love books. I, all I want to do is yeah. own a bookstore. You hear that dream all the time. No, you've got to like making money. Right. You've got to like the buying and the selling. You've got to like the building relationships. Yeah. I think I'm lucky that I can sell what I love, but I think I probably would have I would have been in sales. One of the sales. What would you have done? In, what, in, what, in, a, in another area. I don't know. I often think about that. Um, I don't. I don't know what else. I sometimes I dream of. I don't know, all kinds of things I could have done. Okay. But I think I would have always been in sales because I like the relationships that you build, and I've also got a very good memory for names and faces. You have. I've noticed mm. that. I've come in and like you're just nailing people's yeah. nails constantly. Mm. Yeah. So you know, people think that. I'm a good bookseller or I'm a good reader. But, in fact, one of my secrets is I'm very good with names and, and faces. That, and that makes everybody love you. Makes a big difference. Makes people want to come back and buy that yep. other book. Yep, yeah. it does. It's about the relationship. So if um, are you happy? This is your lot in life. Are you happy with this? Oh, yes. Sometimes I go through periods. I, for many years I thought I would just die behind the counter, that, you know, I'd be... 94, they had me propped up behind the counter and one day I'd just fall off the perch. And I, you know, I, go, I do go through periods now where I kind of think, oh, there's more things I could be doing with my life. I'm particularly interested in small business, but I'd like to work in the area of microcredit and women's um, oh, business okay. and um, development overseas. That's something that I'm really interested in. Sure. So if I was to stop doing that, I think that's where I'd be. I think I could learn a huge amount. I'd be, it would be fascinating. And to me, you know, small micro-businesses and women running their own business is very empowering for describe, families, communities. Describe like microcredit for those who may not oh, know. Um, where people um, are lent often very small amounts of money to set up a small business, sometimes based in their homes or in a local market. So you might be lent money to buy a sewing machine and then you can make things to sell at the market that's so successful, then you employ somebody else to keep going. Then you buy you borrow more money and you and you buy another sewing machine. And that way um, it it's it's a huge part of a lot of the economies. And it's also the safest way to, to support small um, and growing communities as well. That's the old teacher. Man yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, and the you know all, all the research shows that very few people renege on those loans. Highly successful. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think it's a tremendous idea. Yeah, I think it's great. So, how is it owning a bookstore? Because a lot of people listen to podcasts are into the internety, webby thing. Yeah. What's it like? For a traditional bookstore owner with the Amazons of this world, like you've always had the uh, the chain stores, they've always yeah, been around. Yeah, yeah, been that's Kmart right. Or well, like Amazon's that. a real but, issue and a real concern to us, and everybody, or or any size bookseller, is affected by it because Amazon doesn't um, charge GST. So all the books that we sell, books that we import in from the US, and we import in a huge number. We um, collect GST and pass it on to the government. So schools, education, all of that kind of stuff is funded through 
businesses like ours collecting and passing mm. on GST. Amazon doesn't. So, so they immediately get a 10% discount? Immediately 10% discount and immediately um, our, our community and society is worse off because of Amazon. Right. Um, so why did, how come you're still here? How come you're still operating? Is it because Amazon hasn't knocked you off yet? Ah, uh, yeah, well, or is there... often we're cheaper and faster than Amazon. People don't realise that. Often we've got the stock. People will ring up and they'll say, oh, I've, or email and say, I've seen this on Amazon, can you get it in for me? And we'll go, we've got it on the shelf now. Right. And it's cheaper. So, so it's cheaper than Amazon? Sometimes. We can be. Mm. Wow. That surprises yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. People don't often think. And, you know, people... Everybody promotes Amazon. Everybody goes, oh, it's available for Amazon. And you kind of think that's a huge multinational business that people treat as if it's um, a benevolent society that we should all be supporting and promoting. You know, it's comp- it's a huge, competitive, mm. aggressive, Do they wicked company. Wicked. Yeah, yeah, well, they choose, they choose. And they've set up their business in the US so they can avoid paying state taxes. The American has got a much more complex Mm. taxation system than ours. And New York City is is taking them head on because they're saying that any customers, any New York City customers that buy books from Amazon, Amazon should be paying state taxes. So... And this is where things get so complicated with the internet and international trade and stuff like this. It's, you know, these rules have always existed. You know, if you bring things from overseas, you're supposed to pay duties and stuff. But, you know, so so often stuff can slide through as a gift. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But we, anything we import in, we pay pay GST on. I didn't realise that, um, Mm. that, Mm. you you know, you're often cheaper. Do you Mm. also have um, books that are... Australian-centric, that's yeah, something like Amazon. Yeah, yeah, never would, would never have, no. And also people, especially our customers, I think they make a conscious political choice to buy locally, to buy in their local shop. Um, also, there's more to shopping than just getting something. Yeah, yeah there's the experience. Uh, there's the experience. You come in, you run into your mates, you see what else is around, you, you hear some nice shop, music, yeah, you have a coffee. That's right, you browse you hear the some bookshelves, gossip. maybe you buy something a bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get awesome. a gift trap, you bring your kids in. You know, Amazon's not nice to your children. We're nice to your children. Mm. You know, that's mm. that's the big difference. We have author events. Amazon doesn't have author events. That's right. Yeah. Um, but how does it... So when Amazon eventually hits critical mass and it starts chewing up the small companies around the place, and I'm sort of thinking like the big hardware chains have sort of yeah. consumed all of the suburban hardware stores mm. and... Being a tradie, I sort of... Yes, that's right. I, I bemoan the Bunnings yeah, of this world. I yeah. think they're appalling companies, and I miss the... You know, I'm glad we've still got one down the road. No, they just closed down the other day, I think. Might have ten. No. No, they've moved up the road. Oh, have they? Yeah. Oh. No, they're still there. They've just moved up the road, that's oh, all. Oh, good. I'll have to tell yeah, Kev. Yeah. Um, but uh, when Amazon hit critical mass, or we do start to see e-book readers, which mm. they, they keep working at, they keep yeah. trying to nail it, and eventually they will make something that's functional. Who's going to get cut off at the knees, do you think? Do you think it's going to be you guys with your strong oil base and all that, or do you think it's going to be more like the big... Change I don't books. know. I don't know. The thing well, is, do you think nobody? Do you no, think there's room for everybody? Are, I think there probably is. And booksellers, large or small, we're, we're all pretty interested in new technology. 
where we, um, you know, books, bookshops were one of the first and strongest presences on the internet. Um, booksellers themselves are interested in print on demand. We're interested in in the ebook reader, and we're, we're not fearful of that because we know what we can offer is the shopping experience. Mm. We're also the editor with a filter. There's a whole lot of crap out there. How do you know what's good? But if you come in here, you know what I like, or I know what you like. I can quickly go. You might like this here. Mm. Have you read this? Yeah. And you've done that. Yeah, yeah. And your daughter, your daughter might like this. Yeah, you yeah. know, Babe, I've had exactly that experience on several occasions with you. Amazon try to do it with their, you know, um, we recommend this, or other customers have bought this, have bought that, That's which, right. which is. Apparently, they get most of their business out of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Somebody comes to get one book and it's the on-sell. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so that's something that we have to really professionalise in our own businesses. But most of us are quite excited about print-on-demand, quite excited about e-readers. We're not fearful of... Tell us about print-on-demand. Well, that's where, um, you know, a lot of books that we get inquiries for are out of print... This way, nothing's out of print. You come in, um, you want a book, um, and it's out of print. We go, we can get the rights for you, um, hang around 10, 15 minutes, have a coffee uh, and browse, and we will have that sourced and downloaded and printed for you. Wow. So do you have that facility? No, 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 no. Okay. it, It is around, I think, New York library might have it or they're hugely expensive at this stage I've I've heard of small print runs for authors you know they go to a little printing house and they they do a a 50 print run that's sounds similar technology a little bit yeah a little bit it's all about rights management who owns the rights how will the author and the publisher reclaim those rights how will we pay for those rights how will we source those rights you know in a city like Brisbane you don't need one of those organisations where you Basically, you all feed into and basically they do the print runs and five days later, the bookseller gets the, you know... Yeah, there's also exciting stuff about you could put your own collection of short stories together. Yeah. Um, You could, you know, do the best of... best poems. You could go through and choose your own favourite poems and um, we would help you source those rights. We would make suggestions... And then print it and, you know... It's a bit like making your own music list on, yeah, your, uh, yeah, yeah. on, on your iTunes or something. Yeah. A variation on a thing and then you burn it to your own disc. Yada, yada, yada. This is just a print version of it. That's right. But, but that's me at my most positive. But oh. it, it can also be pretty grim. You know, my rent's just gone up a huge amount. I would still be much better off going and working for somebody else and working for myself. I still work five too many hours. Um... And I've seen you go through the Christmas stress. Cool. I've seen you in October when you're placing those orders and the shelves suddenly fill up. And <laughs> tell us about that. There's a stress and nothing like it. Well, we start buying for October and November are the big months when the new stock comes in. We have to start buying that three months before that. So we start planning Christmas in July or August. So we're trying to make hazard Get a guess then mm. as to what will be the big Christmas titles five, six months later. So it's hard. It's high stress. It's yeah. huge. Yeah. You've got to make big calls. You've got a lot invested in stock. Um, and it's and then you have to be on the floor selling it. Do you always get it right? No, no, no. It's just about minimising 
um, errors, really. Right. You can never get it right. Nobody ever does. You always get taken by surprise by the book that you didn't expect to be the big one that everybody wants. And only funny you bought another two cartons. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. But um, how come you've still got cartons of Harry Potter left? And then, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's right. Yeah. It's all that kind of stuff, the book that you thought was going to work. But, but yeah, you, you as long as you get it right, probably 75% of the time. So... I've been around long enough to then watch get spat out of the other end of Christmas. Mm. Generally speaking, it's all up and up. Oh, you know, Christmas Day, I usually I have to go into a coma for a certain amount of time because <laughs> generally I haven't, you know, I haven't stopped work. This year, I didn't, I didn't have a day off for about um, 10, 12 weeks before Christmas. I just worked That's every horrible. day. It's ridiculous. That's horrible. It's really not sustainable. I'm getting older. I'll be 43 in a couple of weeks' time, so I start to feel it. Mm. And also, it's just it's always in your head. You're always thinking about it. That's why you've got to unplug sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I could try and go. I try and go to the beach, or I'll just go home and I won't do anything. So, what's Fiona do when she's not selling books for three months straight? Um, You've got, yeah, you've got your family. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what's so, you? Who's you? Uh, who am I? You grew up in North Queensland. Yeah. You just walked in here. I like, um, I like cooking. If you weren't a bookseller. If I wasn't a bookseller. And I'm not saying money. Yeah, 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 no. I wouldn't mind um, being a duck farmer. <laughs> a <My> duck latest, <laughs> That's my latest <laughs> obsession is ducks. I'd also really like to grow vanilla commercially. Wow, I'm a bit of a purchaser of vanilla mm, beans yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful orchid to grow. Is it? Yeah, yeah, just native exquisite. to Fiji, I think, isn't uh, it? No, no, it's a South American one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Can you Pretty grow sure it here South- in Brisbane? Uh, no, it needs a bit. It has to be a bit more tropical. Okay. It grows well. My dad's got it growing. Up in North Queensland. Yeah. Wow. And it's beautiful. It's very high maintenance. There's only certain periods of of the year we have to be there to hand hand fertilize. And, mm, mm. Mm. and it's I would never have thought of commercialising. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm sure they are. They are. Syro are doing research on it at Marillion. Okay. So in a few years' time, they should have their first commercially viable so crop. You're a bit of a you don't mind a bit of the farming idea? No, I Would like you like farming. going from Brisbane? Yeah, uh, some, yeah, I'd like to probably have somewhere where I could spend time here and spend time on the on a farm. Especially as our daughter is should be sixteen, so she's only got a couple of more years left of school. Mm. So we'll be able to kind of have maybe live in two places. Nice. Yeah. Would you? Do you want to hang on to that in Rio? Uh, you think maybe you've got, you can see uh, time. Would, it's time to sell it. Mm, yeah. Oh, I would like to experiment with just being a you know way ten days a month. Okay. Okay, that's called having a life. Then, yeah, I know, I know, that's I know. Two days a week. I know. Yeah, it's, I a rev- it's, it's a, a revolution. Idea, revolution for me. But um, yeah, so. That would, yeah, that would so, more life-work balance. Just where does the avid reader fit into the West End vibe? I think we're probably pretty important to the community. Um, I know we've been pretty important to different 
people at different points of their time. We can be a place of solace, a place of support. You know, I know sometimes that we're the only people that some people speak to all day. Really? Yeah. Um, We're a meeting place. I think we're a safe place for people to come to. We're an information point. People always want to know where there's a local dentist, where, you know, where does my daughter go to school, who do I recommend, mm. you know, it's that kind of... A little bit of a community hub, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, especially for people who are new to the area. I, I can tell, I can see people who are new to Brisbane because they'll come and they'll spend... They'll come with the paper and the real estate agent forms and you can see them spending most of their day here until they get somewhere that they can move into and then we don't see them as regularly. Yeah. So, so you know, that's that can be pretty important. I was just, I was just thinking up and down the strip, the strip here, you know, Boundary Street. Um, what other places are a bit like you know, For some people it would be maybe... Um, some of the bars. Yeah. For some people. Yeah, like for some pad. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's not many, is there? We're safe. Uh, we, there's no alcohol, which, you know, so you're mm. not going to run into drunk people. Um, people can bring their kids here. I think that's mm. a key thing. And I know for a lot of mothers, what I tried to set up was a place that I, when I was a mother with a little girl, where I would like to have mm. come and what I would have liked to have done. So that was pretty important to us. Um, and I remember when you moved in here, this is an old bag, isn't it? Yeah. You, know, you, know, you chopped out the safe and turned yeah. it into a coffee shop. I thought yeah. it was a very funky thing to do. Yeah. So. And, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a cool space. It's a very cool space. But, uh, we really, it's not so much to do with us, it's really what our customers are into. Well, yes, but you are your customers in a lot of ways. You know, you are... You are yeah. a lot like the people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So, I, yeah, and that's that's what a true community yeah. store is all about. Yeah, isn't that's it? right. Yeah, and, and you go around the other community stores. Yeah, you know, like you know, the Green Grocer across the road. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Georgia Seafood. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, tattoo guys. You know, they're similar sort of community-based yeah. businesses, aren't yeah. they? And I think that's one reason why they're so successful. Yeah. Interstate or overseas, what other? Stores would be similar to yours. Oh, there's a stack. So, well, here in Brisbane, there's Riverbend Bookshop over in Belimba. Susie's created a very similar thing with a very different vibe. We're very good friends, and you, and the thing is, when when you become a bookseller, you actually join this wonderful fraternity uh-huh. of people who are incredibly supportive. We have annual conferences. That we've got another buying group. We actually share and work very closely so, together. So you work as a co-op in all ways. There's one. I'm part of Leading Edge, which is a buying group. So we use our buying power to get better discounts. Okay, which but is we necessary also, when you're competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. It's all only for independence, yeah. and it's been really successful. And then the conference is all booksellers can attend that, large and small. People are incredibly generous. They just get up there and they say, this is what I did, this is what worked, you should try this, don't do this, this didn't work. And do the big companies go to yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, I'm um, on the Australian Booksellers Association, the management board, the national body for that, uh, in my spare time, I know I'm a maniac, and... Um, you know, we work quite closely. I knew, I knew you were a significant person. Oh. We work quite closely with Demix and Angus and Robinson, and I've become really good friends with a lot oh. of those people, and uh, people share. 
And so other independents in you've got in Sydney, you've got Glee Books, who were uh, a model and a mentor for me when I first opened. Um, Better Red Than Dead. Every suburb in Sydney often has a really great bookshop yeah. owned by a very feisty independent. Um, every state, Melbourne's got readings and uh, Tasmania's got fullers. Yeah, there's a stack yeah. of really good yeah, booksellers. I, I suppose the tag I use is you know, High Street Bookstore. Yeah, yeah, you know, we are a, a High a Street, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah we're all, that's what we've all got to around the world. Yeah, yeah. In the UK, and strangely enough, in Australia, we're, we're very strong. Oh. Compared to the UK, where the independents, I've heard varying reports from, you know, 3 to 6% of bookshops are, are independents. What is it here? Where I think we usually say we're about 22%, 18 to 22% okay. of the market. As, as Indies. Okay. In the US, it's dropped because of Borders and because of Barnes and Noble and because of Amazon, it's dropped down to about 7 or 8%. Wow. So, we, you know, as far as keeping independence alive, we're doing well. Yeah, we're, we're surprisingly strong. Um, not always. And it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of people who can't make it, don't make it for various reasons. And, you know, that's sad. But at the same but that's time, the same in every small it, business, exactly. It, it exactly. Go that way. That's right. That's yeah. right. Often it's timing. Often it's experience. Often it's location. Often people realise it's not what they want to do. Or it's more work than they ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. People don't have really have. You don't have much of an idea until you've well, actually done it. It's classic, isn't it, Fiona? When you sort of think, "Oh, yeah, I love books. I'd love to have a bookstore. I know. Just I know. swan around amongst the dusty shelves I and know. just read. Read. And I know. It breaks my heart when I see people when people come in and they think that's what it's it's about. And I've, you know, I'm, I'm. We all do it. All we all um, help people who are thinking of opening shops. And I'll often say, you know, this is how much I get paid. This is the hours I do. My dream is to work in the public service where I can get RDO, sick days, um, time and loo, all of those kind of things. And no, I think, you oh, you no, would sometimes. Die. You would oh, wither and die, no, Fiona, in that no, environment. No. I could just go to other people's bookshops and I could just buy books and I could have, you know, I'd have a very quiet... No, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe you. After being here, I'm sure it's hard. I get it. I get it. it's very hard. Yeah. But you would wither and die in one of those I don't environments. Know. I don't know. I could. I've done it. I've gone from being, you know, yeah. like this situation that I went and joined the film industry, and it was wonderful for a couple of years. But after a couple of years of yeah. something regular, and you're talking describing something far more regular than I ever went into. Oh no! I think it's got to, but but people. I always tell people this is the reality, mm. and I also tell I, I say to women, especially mothers, I'll say, "This is what my life is like," and I get by because I have an incredibly supportive partner who does a huge amount of childcare, mm. um, and I only have one child. I have my sister who lives around the corner. And I have those kind of support networks, um, but it's hard. Yeah. And if you've got a husband who has a equally high-pressured job that involves travel, don't even think about it because, you know, it's a terrible cost you have to pay. Mm. Mm. And hopefully one day something, some goose will lay a huge, big, fat, golden egg for you. 
Yeah, look, you know, I don't. I'm very lucky. I do what I love. We own our own home in West End, mm. which um, has been able to support the business. Without that, we wouldn't have been able to do what we do. And sure, I'd like, you know, I'd like to be earning a lot more money. I'd like to travel a lot more. But at the same time, you know, I've got a great family who I mm. love very much, very devoted to. I love what I do. I work with really great people. My staff are wonderful. How many staff have you got here? I don't. I think I've got about twelve or thirteen. All in part time. Um, there's yeah. There's four of us who work. There's Anna, Chris, Chrissy, and myself. We're permanent, and we're just about to take on another permanent, okay. and then the rest are uh, part timers. So that's not a small operation. Okay, it is a small business, technically speaking. Technically, but, it's small, but, but it's really not. It's, it's a lot of personalities yeah. to deal with. There's a lot of need. People's needs to be managed, and um, yeah, and a substantial amount of product that's got to flow through the business to support that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so where to from here? Oh, look, we're um, we're here. I'm certainly set in stone for the next couple of years. Hopefully, Um, you can hear. I'm feeling more positive. If you were did this interview two years ago, I would have said, you know, I don't know whether I'll make it another year. Obviously, so, over Christmas, feel happier about Christmas. Yeah, every year it's getting yeah, easier. How, how are you feeling? I mean, sort of, yeah. Three years ago, you were tearing oh, your hair out. Look, now was, you're sort of like, oh, yeah, if we're into this, I know we'll yeah, get through it. Yeah, that's right. And um, so we'll just have to, you can never, you can never count your chickens. You can never... Um, you always have to be working. You always have to be improving. You can never sit on your laurels in any shape or form. You always have to be prepared for the next change and you always have to be improving. And that's really stressful. And, you know, I get to the end of it and I kind of think, do I want to go through another Christmas? Do I want to have to start thinking in July about Christmas? Do, you know... What do I want to do? So I decided I'd, I'd try and do everything I can this year in terms of improving things I've been wanting to do. I'm going to do it this year. And then after this year, I'll have to see whether it's what I want to keep doing. That's a good way to look at the future. Yeah. There's a good warning in that for anybody wanting to dip their toe in this water. Yeah. Isn't it? It is, it is. You know, I don't like to be pessimistic and when people come to me with a dream, I don't like to be the naysayer or, or I don't want to say to them, you'll never make it. Because it's not true. We, Some of us do make it. Um, but I do want people to make decisions based on information that I would have liked to have had when I went into it. Well, you've just given us a little bit today. And hopefully some people take notice. Fiona, thanks very much for coming on the show. Pleasure. See ya. Bye. Bye. There are eight million stories in the naked city. This has been one of them.